welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast, the modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur. My name is Dan Ledbetter, and with me, as always, the lovely, talented, fresh and vivacious. I, I don't even know why I said fresh this morning. I don't know. I do feel fresh, though, but yeah, so that's is, good. <laughs> well, she feels fresh. She is fresh. She's here. The lovely Priscilla McKinney, mama and CEO of Little Bird Marketing. Dun, dun, dun. I know, right? <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> hey, what were we going to do? Were we going to, like, uh, uh, eventually, like, put on one of those uh, piano all the way from the bottom key up to the top? When oh, yeah. Intro? That would be your intro music. <laughs> okay. I like it. I'll, let's I'll ima- see if I can find that. Let's imagine we did it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It'll be so satisfying. To let's take just... a moment. <laughs> <laughs> this is our moment of silence. For right. The piano. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with you? Oh, my God. You know, um, uh, life, life is sometimes very, very busy. And, and then after it's not busy, I go, what was I just doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, no, it, it seems like it's busy and there's a million things going on. And then at the end of it, I go, I really feel like I was one of those hamsters on a wheel. Uh-huh. Cause I was just running, 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 running. And then at the end of it, I go, okay, I'm all done being busy, but what did I actually accomplish? I know. And do you feel like sometimes you have to get in work mode and then you're in family mode and then you're, and it feels like you don't want to have to be in a mode. You want to just get your life, actually live in your life. Right. And I hate the feeling that, oh no, I'm just going to get this done. Right. Right. I hate that. I, I don't. I don't know how to get around it either. Well, there we go. We both come up with problems that neither one of us can solve. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening to the Little Bird Podcast, shortest podcast ever. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> We've ruined your life. Now our job is yes. done. Yes, <laughs> and please feel free to pass this on to ruin anyone else's life that you may. You know. See how we're like so good with taglines. You and I should would just should just have a tagline company. I. You know what? That's a great idea. No, we don't need anything else to do. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> good point. I'm not allowed to start another company this year. Oh, well, good. It's been you know, taken I, off the table for me. I, I think 43 is enough for you. <laughs> I do know someone who manages 120-something P&Ls. What? Yes. Family company, and then they have that many Holy different, like, client wow. interests. How, yeah, I, how, do you, how does that work, like, in real life? Yeah, you just keep creating separate entities to manage separate aspects of the business and they all become independent. And that's good planning so that they can be spun off or sold independently. Right. Which is crazy. <laughs> but yeah, so I sometimes I have moments where I'm a little crazy, but like I get on the call this morning for podcasting and I'm like, what are we going to talk about? And sometimes I have a little inkling of an idea, but sometimes kind of it sounds like with you, I'm like, I'm overwhelmed, you know, I've got right. a lot on my plate and so do you. So I don't know. What do you want to talk about? So you got nothing is what you're saying? (laughs) I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) But I have been talking with you a lot about, I feel like we tackle really great issues. We talk about juicy bits about really what happens in marketing and life. You know, I don't like completely coordinate off. I mean, just listen to the podcast with my nephew, Jackson. Right. You know, it's just like ridiculous. It, it, It enriches your life no matter what. On the other hand, I listen to other, and I won't name names that are in marketing for podcasts. Podcast and I listen, and they're not funny like we are. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or either that, or we just like to laugh at our own I jokes. Think we probably like to laugh at our own I jokes. Know. That's what I'm thinking too. Well, that's why. That's why we like hanging out. So. <laughs> but you know what's funny, Priscilla? It's funny that you mention that because I, I too go out and listen to other podcasts, not with a uh, with a critical ear, more like I'm trying to steal material. <laughs> but uh, 
Uh, but I like to hear other people and how they how they work and how they do things. And it is so funny how the majority of the podcasts that I go out and I, I listen to, you know, and I try to mix it up a lot because I think the more varied the resource, you know, the more you can actually gain from it. Right. And I've noticed how most podcasts that I hear, they could relate to the person they're talking to on the podcast, mm -hmm. but it feels exclusive to the audience. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah, I get that. Have you ever been that like you're you're part of a conversation where two people are are going at it and they've invited you to listen in, but they don't include you? Mm -hmm. And that's what I think is missing. So many so many podcasts I hear, they don't know how to talk to the wide audience as well as the individual. And I think that's where people get tired of listening to something or discouraged because they feel like, you know, I I feel like I'm like sitting at a restaurant next to their table and right. I'm excluded from this. Right. And it's not such a juicy conversation that you want to scoot your chair a little closer. Right. <laughs> That's how I feel when I listen to We Have Concerns. I mm. feel like I want to edge just a little closer. I'm sorry. I didn't quite make out what you said. Right. Say it again. again? <laughs> you know, exactly. Well, I get stuck. We're busy. We get stuck. And I do have to make myself back up for a minute and say, okay, well, what am I supposed to be doing? What was I, what did I set out to do? And sometimes I have to little bird myself. You know, this is what oh. we do for clients. People come to us all the time. Actually, the, the, the actual phrase we use all the time is that entrepreneurs, VPs of marketing and CEOs come to us and say, I'm stuck. That's where we get people most often. That's when they make that decision. They finally are ready to take something to the next level. Right. And so when I start saying things like, I'm stuck, I think, wait, how do I little burden myself? Right. Here? right. What do I make people do? And I make people go back to their, what I call the brand positioning statement. And you know how I hate jargon, so it's right. not like I throw that out. But it is just to to go back to, okay, what does your company do? What is your company absolutely best at? Who are you serving, truly serving? And I mean that word in its truest sense. Who do you truly come alongside and offer something that makes their life better? And how do you do it either better than others or maybe even not better? What's so unique about mm -hmm. the way you do it? What is so special about you? A lot of times I talk with companies about that. They've just said to me, I'm stuck. And I say, okay, well, let's go back to that. And the reality is that most companies don't have a brand positioning statement. Mm -hmm. And so we have to help them craft it. Now, would you do me a favor and break that down a little bit uh, for, those, for those people who are going, what's a brand positioning statement? Oh, I should have brought some samples in here. We write brand positioning statements for every logo and brand design that we make. Oh, and, wow. You know, what's funny is that they are typically three or four sentences, and they take us hours and hours and hours to create because right. as Mark Twain said, I would have written you a short note, but I didn't have the time. So I wrote you a long note instead. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know, a great quote. It is a great quote. The idea that to be succinct really takes more effort. Is it you feel like you get the general idea down in a couple paragraphs and then you whittle it down to its barest and truest form? Yeah. And I'll, I'll use an example. Like maybe we might say that what we're best at, we're best at using marketing to prove to the world that our clients are truly experts in their field and standouts, right? Okay, now I can go take all kinds of words out of that. Right. <laughs> we use marketing and maybe I'd take the word prove and say, no, I don't want to prove anything. I want to showcase. Right. So now we start using words. We want to use marketing to showcase our clients 
as experts in their field. Wow. So it's about, it's not just about editing words down, but it's about then we might spend a day going back and forth between, well, do we really showcase or do we reveal or do we, because we really want to be true. You want to be true to exactly what that client does. Who are they? And then the second piece of a brand positioning statement is, and how do they fit in the market? Where do they mm. fit? For example, if you take Monster Drink, okay. where do they fit in the market? Are they going to be in a vending machine? Okay. Yes, they've, they've done that, but they've really gone out of that, right? They've, they're do, they're these fridge, you know, right. that right. they're more in a cafe, right? <laughs> so are they in a fountain? No, Monster is not available in a fountain. So, You have to find it's not just who they are and what makes Monster Drink so great or, in my opinion, disgusting, but whatever. (laughs) Apparently, we're never going to get a dime in sponsorship from Monster. It's a good thing. It's a good thing I underwrite this show. (laughs) But it's not just about what makes Monster Drink so special, but where does it fit in the market? Oh, right, right. Because there's a million drinks out there. And then you even take it a step further with experts. A lot of times you can say we're branding experts. Well, here in Joplin, that means something. We're the only branding experts. (laughs) So we're standouts, you know. But if I were to say that in Chicago, I'd really need to define that. And that's about understanding your position in the market. How how much do you really need to explain the differentiation and make it where it's not just words. So many people have a mission statement or a brand positioning statement or a vision statement for their company. But it's total BS. Right. And nobody really is in touch with it. And I think it's like when people are stuck, that is a good way. I go back and look at our brand positioning statement and I sometimes change it a little bit in my mind and ruminate on it a little bit. Maybe I play with a new word in there, but it is important to start thinking, okay, what are we best at? Who are we serving? Who do we best serve? Maybe that's a better way of saying it. Not necessarily who we're serving right now. Because maybe we should be serving a different group that we could be of more use to. Oh. And sometimes that's also, you know, why a company would come to us is that they have served this one demographic forever and ever and ever. And they never tried to go serve another demographic only to realize that one they're serving is not their ideal client anymore. Oh, <laughs> ideal clients change over time. We've talked about that a little bit, right. but I think sometimes like, well, we've always been so good with the soccer mom always comes here. She's that's our bread and butter and blah, blah, blah. Times change. And maybe that's not a bread and butter anymore. Right. Maybe you need to be looking for a new demographic. Maybe there's a hipster movement that happens to love your shoes. Mm. Oh, that's a really great one. Did you read the book Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell? Oh, gosh, that was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. But the the concept of the hush puppies did that. That was that was like his first example. He come out. Refresh your your memory. Refresh my memory, because it's been it's been a million years since I've read that book. I'll get this wrong in some way. But what stuck with me was they didn't understand how hush puppies began to trend. I mean, hush puppies is back even before my, I mean, Oh gosh, that was, I wore hush puppies when I was a kid. Okay. So I mean, 50, you know, so they've, they've, you know, obviously been around for a long time, but it was in the eighties that there was this massive resurgence and all of a sudden hush puppies became cool. Right. The brand, the brand, you know, and, and basically he ended up tracking this all the way down to somebody wore it in a really high end club one night and basically it was so retro and it was seen as so uncool that it was cool right right this is how i feel about having to go see the shoji chibuki show in branson missouri with steve's mom one time (laughs) 
I sat there and it was so bad. It was so bad. It was like, I'm like looking at Steve. I'm like, this is like spinal tap. (laughs) This is the next big thing. It's so bad that I could see everybody in my, literally, I wanted to call you that day. Dan, (laughs) get on a plane. Whatever you do, you got to come watch the show. (laughs) Or as Steve likes to call it, (laughs) the, you show me your tabuki, I'll show you mine. (laughs) Or I think he called it the Touch My Tabuki show or something. I don't know what. He totally ripped off on something else. Oh, my gosh. We were sitting there watching it with tears and literally like happy tears because his mom sprung for the tickets. Right, right. (laughs) Like 65 bucks a head. Oh, my God. And they're like three shows a day, you know? And it's, I don't know, 1,500 people in the audience. Wow. And I'm thinking... What on earth? Literally, I'll give you a snippet of what was there. All right. He is playing the violin, and he is very amazing at the violin. I happen to hate the violin, but okay. whatever. But, but I digress. <laughs> the one instrument I don't ever want to hear in my life. But I went, and literally, he starts kind of doing like this kind of a, oh, I know, he was playing Home, Home on the Range. <laughs> And literally, he had, I mean, he's standing there in a very sequined outfit. Kind of and then he had look. someone walk out in a cow outfit. No. And by cow outfit, I mean, like, on the billboard, like, Chick-fil-A. Right. This was for Chick-fil-A. But literally, that kind with the udders, like, sticking where they, you know, like, someone's going to a Halloween party. Like, right? like on two legs? Yes, on two legs. Oh, my God. Imagine this. And they start, like, twirling around. That's the show, ladies and gentlemen. What? <laughs> People are just like, oh. <gasps> You know, I am looking around going, is there been an alien invasion? Yes. <laughs> did someone did someone slip some LSD in the fruit punch before oh we got here? Oh my gosh, it was so crazy. Wow. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Well, no, it's a, because it's like it's so bad that it's awesome. Okay, well here's just for example, I think what I was talking about was your original ideal client sometimes slips and does is no longer your ideal client. And my idea with the Shoji Tabuki show was that, you know, their ideal client at one time was, you know, the retirement community. Right. right. But that's really like a lot of Branson has tanked and there's been real the last the last six or seven years has been really hard on there. And they've had to think through how do we get young families here? How do we get, you know, this has to change. That's a dying market, literally. Ba bum bum Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say you're you're here all week, but you never know. <laughs> I could go to the big Branson in the sky. Exactly. exactly. So that group is fading in terms of they're not even vacationing. Right. To that extent, you know, so they and they've had to get a younger, younger retiree group interested. Right. But they've realized that they need an entire new demographic. And so like Branson in that area has gone really with like family stuff and family games. And so it's changed. Right. And literally what you see from the outside of that city is that they realized they needed a new demographic. Their ideal client was no longer their ideal client. Mm. And they served multiple clients. Obviously, nobody's completely exclusive, but I saw that entire shift. And I guess I kind of felt like with the Shoji Tabuki show, was it was a hush puppy moment. And I was, stop spending money on getting the right retiree community. Make right. this a cult classic. Right. And you will have hipsters lined up around the block to watch this god-awful show wow. and say they saw it live. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally that bad. Like in other words, they could get it to the status where it, it could it could wind up as a house show in Vegas. Oh my gosh, absolutely. absolutely. That is hilarious. 
So, See, yeah, that's funny. I, you know what? I remember vaguely the Hush Puppy story. Mm-hmm. And it is very interesting to me how things that were and then things deemed uncool can have a sudden resurgence. Right. Just by somebody taking them out of the closet, dusting them off, or they, maybe they found them in a thrift store, who knows, mm-hmm. and put them on and went to a club, and then someone saw that and thought that was the coolest thing, and they told two friends, and they told two friends. No, and they, it is exactly yeah. that. And then he said, you know, it basically talks about what's the tipping point at which time, you know, what point do you actually shift, and when did Hush Puppies then start to try and market to the dance club right you know, community right wow so where where do you make that shift but you know when you get stuck like that sometimes people have very successful businesses and they end up stuck and the thing that brought them the success for so many years is not the thing that is going to get them over that right. hump right and we have a lot of people that come even like a small business i'd say like a a 2 to 3 million dollar that's a hump to get over sure there's there comes a lull. And I think it's about there's a, a level of expertise in managing a company a certain size. Mm-hmm. And everybody will tell you growth is the hardest thing to manage. I would completely concur. Having right. gone from four employees to 12 in just the last year, I, I, I would concur. And that's that's a wild ride. And so, so I, some, sometimes I think that what they knew how to do, what the success was, what they were doing, they think, let's just do more of it when we get bigger. But that's not how marketing works. You can't right. just do more of the same. You have to nuance it and you have to go into, into new markets. So I kind of have to, when I get stuck, I have to go back to my positioning statements and it has things in it like, which I shared that one that we use marketing to showcase our clients as experts in their actual field. Right. But that, like, who are we serving? Because if I were to take it who I was serving, you know, five years ago, and then who am I serving right now? It's so different. I think you have to be an awake and alive as an owner to understand that who you're serving is and who you serve best is constantly changing. Mm. Because as your skills grow, you can better serve other demographic. And you, you you just cannot hold on to that this is not changing. Where I'm at right now is that I used to talk a lot about, oh, I, I work with entrepreneurs and then I work with VPs of marketing and I work with CEOs. It's like those are all very different people. Um, so I have like three different personas. I actually really market to four completely different personas. Um, three of them I actually put money toward and the other one I don't, but I, they do come in sometimes, but I quit thinking about it that way. And instead I started reframing my brand positioning statement as we best serve the people at the company who are responsible for the profit. Oh, so it, because if you concentrate on the roles, sometimes, sometimes you realize it's a son-in-law who works there, who really is the person that's been tasked with, you got to make this grow, but nobody's given them a title that makes that sound right. Right. <laughs> you know? right. And sometimes it's a CEO. And so you think, oh, I work with CEOs because they're decision makers. No, some of them are out playing golf. I got to talk to this person who's really let. So I just ask, who's the person responsible for the profit? Right, right. And if the CEO goes, oh, that's Bob, I'm the visionary, I lead the company in ideas. I'm like, okay, well, great, you're not my person then. That's not who I best serve. Now, is it going to be good? And are, is he going to pay for my services? Yeah, that's that's right. But who I'm really best serving is that person who's in a bind trying to make sense of the next step for a profit. Mm, so being clear about who you serve is totally amazing. Do you want to do kind of an outline of a brand positioning statement for you? Oh, 
Wow, I've never, I don't think I've ever been personally branded. Well, before. how many times do I need to kick you a little bit to I know. put yourself out there with more podcasts? Because you're so amazing. You, you, you do, you do. I'm very shy. I'm very, uh, no, I'm not very shy. No, you are lot. not. <laughs> that was a nice try. I like yeah, that. Yeah, at least I gave that a go, right? Sure, well, let's, talk- let's, uh, let's brand me. Okay. All right. So what are you best at? Uh, I believe I'm best at uh, spontaneous improvised humor. Okay. And um, let's see. Let me give you my top. I'm making notes, so I know we don't okay. usually write on the desk while we're recording, but right. you have to bear with me. All right. So if you hear scratching, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I do not have chickens in here. Yeah, it's not a skin disease. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I think I think humor is good. I'm, I feel like I can maintain engaging conversations. Okay. I'm personable. Okay. I... Okay, but wait, now, now you're describing yourself. Let's oh, not sorry. go that. What are things that you're best at? And I would say maintain engaging conversations. That makes me go, ooh. That's it? Okay. Like, well, what about, like, that you create engagement. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yes. All right. I mean, that just like, and that's the work in a brand positioning statement right there is changing one word brings life. You ignite, right. Ignite the social scene. Oh, wow. Right. Like that. Yes. Okay. You maybe you're good at kicking off a social vibe. Yes. Okay. Writing here. Sorry. That's okay. No, no. You you write. Okay. So we let, let let's go to who you serve because we can come back and do the, a lot of these other ones. The best at, but you're okay. good at so many things. So who do you serve? Who do I? I mean, serve? I know you do a lot of keynotes or not not keynotes. You do a lot of emceeing. I do right? a lot of uh, yeah. I do a lot of master of ceremonies. Uh, I've I, I do a lot of yeah. I guess master of ceremonies because that that I mean I do a lot of fundraising. Uh-huh. Uh Master of ceremonies. I what else do I do? I can I can DJ if you need a disc jockey. Mm. So I can do that. But they're all like dark zombie tunes. No, actually, you know what's funny about <laughs> me? It's like I I can I can go from like classical to you know I always like to say my music uh, ranges from Mozart to Marilyn Manson like in a heartbeat. So okay, yours goes from Mozart to Marilyn Manson. Mine goes from Freddie Mercury to Keith Green. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's pretty good though. That's a wide variety. Both amazing. What what do they have in common? Amazing voices. Yes. Yes. Amazing songwriters. Yes. Same thing. That's right. So. <laughs> different, different genres. That's right. Right. Okay. So who do you serve? Wow. That's a great question. I've never even thought about that. So for uh, example. Any, uh, anyone who will hire me. <laughs> no, <laughs> you can't do that. Oh, all right. <laughs> like maybe, uh, how about like causes that need to move from obscurity to engagement. Wow. So maybe you serve someone who's passionate about a cause that's obscure and they need to bring it into the light. Like you want someone to go, oh my gosh, that's me. Don't describe as like, I need a VP of marketing. Right, right, right. You're right. like, yeah, I guess that's my title. But I, I, you serve people who are passionate about a cause that is struggling in obscurity. Wow. I'll take that. Okay. Wow. Right. It's so, you know what's so funny? It's so interesting because like I can think all those things about myself, but when it comes to actually speaking them out, I find it incredibly difficult. Like, like I'm sitting here going, who do you serve? Uh, I don't know. Right. But, but it's so, that's so, so hard to do to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it is. And do you think that's where people get stuck? Yeah. I don't think they go back to the basics thing. And I, I think they are too close to it, but they don't, yeah, they don't go back to the basics and go, okay, let's just start back in it. Now, who, now what are we truly best at? Instead, they keep 
it's more comfortable to just keep doing what you're doing or say, you know what, we're bigger, so we have a bigger budget. So, Priscilla, here's more money to do it. Right, right. Hey, more money. You heard it from me. More money is not going to solve the problem. Right. <laughs> you have to, like I think about if I go back to our brand positioning statement and think about how we do it uniquely. One of mine is that we put our clients and showcase them as experts in their fields by making unexpected connections for them. Mm. That's a unique thing that ha- is just how we end up doing work. You know, um, at the end of the day, yes, we do we provide transparency in our process and in our progress? Yes, we do. That's one unique thing. But that's not really as impactful, I think, as explaining to a client that we are going to make unexpected connections. You're, it's like telling them, prepare to be surprised. Right. right. <laughs> you know, can you truly prepare for it? But, you know, we, we bring, yeah, do we bring our experience or at least my experience, if I look at my personal brand, like my experience with so many different brands, I bring that together and couple it with really talented people out here in my creative pit. Yes, we do. But really, what is absolutely unique about it? Mm. And we make certain connections people weren't expecting. So I can tell you all these things we do. But really, what's the end result and how we do it uniquely? Like we actually get these people who are responsible for the profit to finally sleep at night. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you've mentioned that before that you are like a. Um, We're a sleep improvement a, agency. Yeah, a sleep enhancer. Or <laughs> I try and shy away from the word enhancer. Oh it's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's really tough on um, SEO. Once I start doing pay per click, I'm kind of sunk on that. Part. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll skip the word enhancer. It's how much, you know, people ask you, what do you do? Oh, I help I help people who are in charge of profit. I help them sleep at night. Right. And it's like, oh, well, how so? Well, I make unexpected connections. I get them prepared to be surprised. And they're like, oh, really? Surprised by what? By how to take their company to the next level. I'm, I only work with people who are ready to shake it up and go back to truly what makes them unique and get the ball rolling, like go to be willing to get out of the success they've had and get them prepared for the success they're about to have. These are so much more interesting conversations than we are a creative marketing firm. Right. uh, right. Because everyone's heard that conversation before. Uh, Right. And really at the end of the day, it's not only because it's boring, but really what are we saying? Right. And I really do want to be transparent and tell people what they're going to get. What you're going to get is going to surprise both you and me. Right. (laughs) And once a client understands that, they go, oh, okay, so you don't exactly know what we're going to do. Right. I don't know what kind of connection. I I know what we're going to do in terms of our proprietary program that I've spent years to develop. And I know we're going to blog and I know we're going to use keywords and I know we're I know my stuff, but I don't know how it's going to come together because we're going to have so many unique sessions to get to the bottom of what is something that could really move the needle that has not been done before. Right. Right. And, you know. Let, let's let's be open to that. And then the people go, oh, yeah, I'm not in it for a surprise. OK, great. You're not my ideal client. Right. Therefore, I don't serve you. And that's why our conversation can be over. And mm. it's OK. Yeah. It's, it's not like it's a judgment call. It's just you're clear on your vision. And this person is not in alignment with what your company is about. 
No, because we create informational pieces. We call them freemiums and some people call them downloadables or content that creates lead generation, whatever you want to call it. We right. create informational pieces and we don't always know which one is going to be the big, biggest success. We've been surprised before, too. What we know is that we know how to create A-B testing to figure out and and how to look at the data to figure out what is going on out there as we do it. And so that's what I mean by being surprised. You get all your ducks in a row and do your foundational things, and everybody is going to be surprised. A horrible marketer, though, is going to pretend like they knew all along that was happening. Right. And that's what people were going to do. Anybody who tells you that, yes, and we're going to get exactly this return on this, and that, I'm like, I just don't believe it because the market is different. It's changing. And when you're trying to help a client who's responsible for profit and increasing profit at their business, you have to also be willing to try some new things and mm. test them. And some things are going to flop. Right. And if people aren't okay with that when they come in to work with us, then we are going to be unhappy. And I don't want to be unhappy later. I want to have all my unhappiness right now. Let's have it. Let's have it out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Let's get it out of the table. If we're going to say no and never talk to each other again, let's do that now. Because I want to be honest about the fact that I'm going to be able to come to a meeting with you four months ago and be like, remember my idea about blah, blah, blah. Remember how badly that flopped? Well, it's a good thing we had three other things we were testing because this one sung. Right. It was amazing. Then we brought that back into the meeting and we tweaked it again. Well, if this is working, then why not this? And what, you know, and how exciting that process was. But there was a lot of surprise in that process. I think what people are worried about is they've been surprised with how little the marketing agency has done for them, but yet sent a bill for. Mm. So I'm not talking about those kinds of surprises. I'm kind of talking about let's find out who's really listening. Let's find out how many people are reading the blogs. Let's let's talk about why this one blog got hundreds of hits just in the first afternoon and this one got 20. What, what happened? What did we do differently? And I'll tell you one from my own is that I get, I market Little Bird Marketing. I'm out there doing that. I'm the person who's assigned to that internally here. And I wrote a blog recently about my experience from, it was five years of the anniversary of our fire. And I wrote it a little bit as a book review for Brene Brown's Rising Strong because it made me think, reflect a lot on the fire when she, when I read that book. Right. And so I wrote it and it was called something like My Thoughts as the Comeback Kid. Oh, what a great title. Yeah. And so it was Rising Strong, My Thoughts on Being the Comeback Kid, something like that. So I was reviewing that, but it was a very deeply personal blog and I was pretty vulnerable and literally it blew up like ever. I, and I, I can't even tell you how many times I walked around town. Hey, love that thing about the fire, about, about the comeback. And they kept using the word comeback. And I'm like, that's so interesting. You know, it's like, and a lot of times I write on marketing trends and how to improve your hashtags. And, you know, I'm always writing on things that I think everybody who's listening to me wants to hear. But then I write something deeply personal about what I learned in my business experience and some things that were incredibly painful to me. And in that that blog was really about how I remembered that I have to be authentic. And it was really mm. a grounding moment for me to say, don't do your business any other way, but what you believe is right. And I felt like I kind of shared like where I felt I was going astray and how that experience brought me back to my true, true voice. And so I was really very vulnerable, which is great. Brene Brown is very much a, a proponent for being vulnerable. But man, that thing blew up. And what can I learn from that? I learned that when I truly be my Myself and talk about my own experiences, 
people are listening even more deeply to yes. Loper. <laughs> you know, and that's what's so funny. It's like people don't understand. And this is, I mean, it took me years to figure this out that people don't want a rendition of yourself. No, they want you. And because that's what makes you unique. I mean, we've heard this, you know, Mr. Rogers has said that a million times. It's like, there's no one in the world like you and I like you. And I think that is so true because we get lost on, oh my gosh, I have to be who they think I am or, or what I make up that I, that they think I am. Right. Instead of just being you, because that's what they fell in love with in the first place. Well, and then it's true. I, from a very difficult place, I've created a multi-million dollar company where other people told me there's no room in this market for what I do. And nobody would accept this kind of like high end, especially going digital. I heard that all the time, you know, oh, nobody's going to pay anyone to manage social media. I heard that. I heard that years ago. And so that, yeah, that'll make you stumble and not be who you really are. So let's get back to that. Let's, this is the last question for your brand positioning statement is how do you do it uniquely? What's so unique about you when you get up to MC? What's the magic that happens? What's the magic that happens? Man, that's, these are are questions I've never really asked myself. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes well, I get up I'll there. Send you, I'll send you a bill later. Dude. Yeah, thank you. Please. I like, sometimes I'll get up there and go, what, what the hell am I doing here? Is that the same thing? No, no, uh, it's not. Uh, I think I, I, uh, wow, that is, that is such a good question. I've never really thought about what makes me uniquely me. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's not, it's not necessarily what makes you uniquely you. What I'm asking is you say that you are best at bringing spontaneous humor and engaging conversation to help kick off a social vibe. I do this for people who are passionate about causes, but that cause is struggling in obscurity. And so then the question is, how do you do it uniquely? Like by what? By bringing a lighthearted. Well, I was going to say because I think different. You know, not not to steal Apple's uh, uh, Mm -hmm. tagline, but but I think that's it. It's like I I believe that I have the ability to look at things in a new and fresh way to okay. where people people will be surprised at the angle of which I present things. Okay, so well good, uh, an unexpected angle. Yes, yeah. Okay. A fresh, uh-huh. a, a fresh and unexpected angle. Angle to the issue. Sound like an antiperspirant. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we have your brand positioning statement. So when you kind of were like, people say, well, what do you do? Oh, I podcast a lot of stuff, and sometimes I MC, and I, I help charities. Right. No, we're not saying that anymore. Okay, I won't say that, I swear. All right. Well, in the show notes, I'll write out exactly based on what we've done here. We'll put the exact one, but it's going to be involved. I bring spontaneous humor to create engaging conversations and kick off a, a social vibe for people who are passionate about a cause that is struggling in obscurity and needs a lighthearted approach. And we'll have to put something in there and need people to open their wallets, you know? Right, 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 right. So, so kind of like, what's, what's you know, who do you best serve there? People who really need people to give. I do that by thinking differently about the subject matter and deliver an unexpected angle to the issue, lighthearted way that brings yeah, people in, in a, a thought provoking and lighthearted way that mm-hmm. that ab- adds depth and clarity. Okay, good. And but we don't really need them to have depth and clarity that we have oh. to get them to be willing to take out their checkbook. Oh, that right? uh... because at the end of the day, do you really want them to be clear about it? Or do you want them to fund it? Oh, I want the money. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I want him to be clear about that. Well, and, I love it. I'll and, write it up. I, yeah, that's true. I just, I just sometimes I think people start writing fluffy words, and I, I, my job is to take the fluffy words out. Right to deinflate them. Deinflate them, and okay. let's just get to the let's get to the core of what you do because when you are stuck, which is what we were talking about today, right? When you are stuck, you go back to what is your personal brand? What is your company brand? What is your brand positioning statement? Where do you belong? Who do you best serve? And why do you serve them the best? And just getting in touch with that, because that can cause you to get re-energized to go to the next to the next task. Wow, that's uh, you know what I I am so impressed with what you do. <laughs> like like no kidding. Like I mean, sitting there and like because I never uh, in a million years would have thought that I need to brand myself. I just thought you mm-hmm. know word of mouth is the best thing. And I mean, I've gotten some gigs that way. But wow, really branding yourself is super important to furthering yourself out there. Yeah. Well, at some point, you're going to decide that you really want to do these MC gigs and not work a nine to five. And then you're going to hire me to build you a simple website and we're going to actually do your branding on it. (laughs) We should do that. I need. Uh, Oh, my gosh. You could. I I just need to do it. I need. I I think I'm scared. I know know you're scared because there's because there's the 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 ever looming like security of the of the steady paycheck and well, the, keep the steady oh, paycheck all these other events are on weekends and nights oh well then screw those people let's do it <laughs> <laughs> seriously you know you got to get a couple of them so you can put some money away for the branding of it you know right. you need to do that you need right. to get a couple of them by using like something like a brand positioning statement and putting yourself out there hello what's free linkedin Right. Um, I think I might have mentioned that to you before, I but think we've had several conversations <laughs> about or blogging or those kinds of things. These are all things that you're completely capable of that you don't need us for. What you need me for is just here's the structure. Do this, right. do this, do this. I need you but, to put it together. Right. But you can do it. And that what's so different and unique about you is that if we just build the stupid wireframe, you're you're good to go. Awesome. But yeah, you you have to make a couple of calls and the calls need to be call the local charities or ask. You need to have a plan like one day is just like call 10 friends and ask them if they're involved in a charity that needs an MC this year. Hmm, well, okay. I can do that. I know I've been to three different events and two of them. I thought the MC was lame. So yes. and, <laughs> you know, and they got the gig. Yeah, they got the gig. And so maybe you go back and be like, hey, do you know of one that pays for an MC that is looking for somebody funny? I'm really looking to do that and what i do is and you give them that i'm bring spontaneous humor to create engaging conversation to kick off a good great social vibe and i'm super passionate about working with causes that are struggling in obscurity they need to make money they're at an event and by thinking differently i deliver an unexpected angle to the issue and it brings some thought-provoking humor that is light-hearted but at the end it helps them open up their wallet and give to the cause damn i'll hire me <laughs> <laughs> But you just told me this stuff. I did. I did. Even even though I didn't realize I told you this stuff. Mm-hmm. You're like a... Uh, dream catcher. You are a dream catcher. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, this, we, could, we could spend almost like two or three podcasts talking about this. I think we should talk a little bit more about personal brand. And let's get into personal brand a little bit more, maybe in the next one or I, two. I would think so. I mean, because this is such a... I think it is such a relevant topic. And I think so many people get confused on it. Mm-hmm. It's like like I got confused just sitting there trying to figure out who I was, like if, right. in figuring <laughs> out my brand. I, I have to believe I'm not the only one. 
No, you're not the only one. And people are also at a point where we're confusing like work culture with personal brand, with company brand. What you know, there's there's a lot of things. Kind of how last time when we were talking, we talked about the difference between what is a fad and a trend. Oh, sometimes right. these words get thrown out, and I have to bring people back and go, no, no, let's talk about what these words really mean and what right. they're intended to do. So that would be fun. Well, let's do that then. Okay. All right. Wow. That was a, see, we started out being stuck and now we're unstuck. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Okay. Well, listeners, thank you for sitting around and listening to us unstick ourselves. That, well, that <laughs> sounded horrible, but, but I digress. But anyway, <laughs> we'd love to hear your thoughts on this and, and maybe even some of the experiences you've had about where you've been stuck, how you've been stuck and what you did to get out of that. And you can always leave us comments on our Facebook page, on the Little Bird Marketing Company website, or wherever you downloaded this podcast from. So for Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast, the modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur, this is Dan Ledbetter along with Priscilla McKinney saying, have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.